0: Welcome to episode five of Crossword Perspectives on WordPress and the Open Web. I'm Jonathan Wold, and I'm Luke Carbis. Luke, uh, what what year is it? 2020. Happy 20th, New Year! Happy New Year to you. 2019. Here's still one of the perks of uh, transcontinental relationships. What did, are you, have you got any plans for New Year? No, I'm. It's snowing, so probably doing some shoveling. And, Ooh. yeah, just trying to take it easy. I uh, Kids are out of school this week, so we're experimenting with new adventures. The kids have decided that they want to try and make some money. So, oh, yeah. That's been an interesting. Yes, which aren't as popular in the, in the winter. Oh, of course. Maybe they can shovel some snow for you. <laughs> so, happy new year to you and soon to be new year to me as well. You wrote a piece recently. About ecosystems in WordPress. What I wanted to talk about first, you wrote the piece. I really enjoyed it. We chatted about it a bit, and uh, we'll link it in for anyone. I highly recommend it. That's not the piece that you planned to write when you first started. No. So,
1: what I ended up with was a piece about how WP Engine and GoDaddy seem to be gobbling up key components of the WordPress website development process. Yes. But
0: you're right. Before we get into talking ecosystem specifically, because I think there's some interesting things to say there. When we first chatted about this, it reminded me of the process that I went through. So I wrote a piece on ecosystem plugins and published a few months back. That was not the piece that I set out to write earlier. And as, as a writer, one of the things that I've found interesting and I've been thinking about more lately it's just that that writing creative process and I don't in my experience and I'm curious about yours just the importance of not pushing too hard and sort of letting things happen as they happen which for me is often my best work ends up being things that I didn't set out to write the things that resonate most weren't things that I sort of planned and I just sort of went with the flow this post
1: started as a oh complaint about the state of themes. I think the first mm. words typed on my keyboard was themes suck. Because they really do. <laughs> like if you compare some of the big popular themes out there, they install all sorts of sort of new areas inside of the WordPress admin. They rarely rely on the customizer for managing settings. They some of them use Twig, some of them use other templating engines, some of them have SAS or need to be compiled in particular ways, uh, there's Sage, which is its own sort of world of figuring out how a theme should be built. And none of the sort of popular starter themes have been updated since Gutenberg was released because yep. nobody can sort of seem to come to a consensus on how a theme should work.
0: Now back to the the starting point of that your your sentiment of theme sucking. I think it's from my perspective that's one of the things that I just love about WordPress as a whole is that that's possible. Right? Like that there are a lot of different approaches and as frustrating as it can be at times and we want to see the state of things and the overall improve, but it's it's fantastic within the context of the open web that we care about that there are so many different options and ways of doing things. It's. I think it's important to remember that even as we recognize the difficulty, it's like, hey, this is a good type of problem to have, that there yeah. are different options and approaches and people who invested, who've been willing to invest a lot of time and energy into building these things. But now we're at this point, and it was great having Rich on the last episode, we're at a place of change as we look at the WordPress ecosystem as a whole. And what I liked about your piece was it started from a simple point of observation, hey, I've noticed that a couple of these themes haven't, these frameworks rather, haven't been updated in a while. What does that mean for the future of all this?
1: Yeah, I hope that we start to see some changes in terms of how WordPress does themes. You know, actually, I'm worried that I've come across as a bit of a negative nelly on themes because I've criticized a bit in the past the process we have together even on this podcast uh the process by which figuring out how block ba- based themes should work is yeah. happening but even aside from the process i'm actually really really pro block based themes i think that block based themes could spell like a whole new era it could be the next gutenberg um major leap
0: forward it's, I mean, this seems one, this seems a fairly inevitable direction for things to go, right? Like, where there's this additional complexity that's coming in with Gutenberg, that at a high level, it seems to introduce new ways of doing things. You can have things happening live. Like, there's a lot of interactivity and the possibility for better experiences, but also a lot more complexity in general. And the risk, and we've talked about this a bit before. Of it being inaccessible for people who are wanting to get in and build within the context of this added complexity um it's why I've, I've loved seeing some of the work that you and the rest of the team have been doing on Block lab, which is this focus on reducing some of that or rather making it accessible again, right where it's like, hey, we like this direction because of all that it opens up and the potential we have to make sure that it stays accessible
1: when I think about the year ahead, I think we're going to see more of what we saw in 2019, which is acquisitions and consolidation. Yeah. When I look back on the year on on 2019, like that's, that's the first thing that comes to mind is that there was a bunch of high profile WordPress acquisitions. Uh, The biggest in my mind is the acquisition of flywheel by WP engine.
0: Mm. Yep.
1: And I suspect we're going to see more of that happening. I think probably the Flywheel acquisition was not so much for the customers as much as it was for some of the technology that they've developed. Yep. But I would not be surprised to see some of the smaller hosts gobbled up, like maybe Pagely or Liquid Web or something like that. And I would not be surprised at all if in the year ahead, we saw more and more popular WordPress plugins that have a key role involved in the development of a website uh, be purchased by larger companies. I can imagine a world in which maybe even Yoast, someone as big as Yoast, is acquired. Sure.
0: With one of the things that we, we wanted to talk about on this podcast is you know our perspectives on WordPress and the open web. Right within the context of the the broader open web, what do you think these acquisitions? Like, so yeah, I, I would agree. I think that's likely. There's others that we're not even referencing. I think it's interesting to look at the Tumblr acquisition by Automatic, oh, yeah. yeah, and what that means in the in the broader ecosystem, right? And what do you think about what these things mean for the open web? Is this is this a good thing overall? Are there risks? This this, this consolidation is going to continue to happen. This work towards bringing together these different, you call them ecosystem plays, where you have the combination of hosting themes, blocks, and all these other pieces layered in. More of that's going to continue happening. Is that a good thing for the web?
1: Yeah, just, just to define the idea of an ecosystem a little further. The idea, in the most simplest form of it, is that as a web developer, as an agency or freelancer, I can create a client website using products entirely from the one platform, from the one mm-hmm. provider. So if I want to, right now, I can develop with local. I can deploy that onto WP Engine uh, using Genesis as a starter theme and CodeBlocks to create my content with. Um, yep. Sorry, not blocks, Atomic Blocks. Um, yes. and, and that's the idea is that like because I use code, uh, atomic blocks, I'm more likely to host a WP engine because I use local, I'm more likely to host a WP engine. Maybe yep. I really like Go, I'm more likely to host with GoDaddy. That's the idea of an ecosystem. So the question is around consolidation. If we see more and more consolidation, and I think that's bound to happen with any ecosystem. Right Because an ecosystem is a very, very powerful tool for customer attention, for customer acquisition even, and yep. uh, as more and more customers will sort of be magnetized and uh, retained within individual ecosystems, much the same way as Apple and Google with with the iOS and Android. Uh, and so more and more consolidation, I think is bound to happen. The question is, how does that affect the web? Well, WordPress, thirty five percent of the web. So, let's it's it's no small small part. And let's suppose that there's maybe four or five, maybe mm. maybe less. But but let's say there's four major providers. How do we feel about that?
0: So, from my point of view, and you brought this out in your piece. I mean. It's still WordPress, right? And you can still do what you want to do within that context, uh, which I think is key. And I do expect to see more like layers on WordPress happening, more abstraction happening, where you know there will be a curated experience that I can see a future state where people don't know it's WordPress, right? Like that's you know not that they could find out, but that's not the point. Which I have mixed uh, some mixed feelings about is I think that has benefits. It also has some risks associated with it because of, but overall um, I think I mean, it's still WordPress.
1: I, I, I think if, if it weren't that, if it weren't called WordPress.com, it would be very, very easy to not realize that your WordPress.com blog was hosted with WordPress because the sure. entire interface for editing is abstracted. And I know yep. that there are, are some uh, hosting providers that, that offer managed WooCommerce, take that to its logical extreme, and you end up with entirely new interfaces created entirely for WooCommerce, powered by WooCommerce in the
0: back end. Yep.
1: Uh, whether or not that's likely to happen,
0: well, okay. So this is this is where the operating system lens becomes useful. I like part of I'd suggest, without knowing for sure. A lot of the work done on the new interface on .com was born out of a, let's create a better experience for people who are less technical. And it's easier to just sort of start from scratch than like try to repurpose everything in the existing admin, which has its pros and cons. When I, from a high level perspective, I think one of the risks is let's take someone like GoDaddy or WP Engine. uh, They end up saying, okay, well, we're just, we're so frustrated with this. We're just going to create a new admin basically. That's on top of WordPress. And I think that's where the hardest thing to do is to improve the operating system as a whole. And that's where the I think our energy should be as focused as possible. Otherwise, if it doesn't keep getting better, it's going to be like, it's they sort of owe it to their customers to say, okay, we understand you're frustrated. Maybe accessibility is terrible. Maybe this is, whatever it is, we're going to go ahead and create our own layer. And I think that's when we start to see negative things for the project.
1: I just don't think that's likely to happen. Could it happen? Yeah, absolutely. You know, anything's possible. But it's much, it seems much better at the moment, at least in the next five years, it seems like a much better play for someone like GoDaddy or Liquid Web or whoever it is to contribute back to the WordPress project to say this is an aspect that I don't like let's fix it you know let's fix yeah. it together everyone and push it out to well, everyone and that's and that would certainly
0: trend. be my hope i think we just need to not th- that just should never be taken for granted that we need it needs to be encouraged and we need to like it doesn't just happen right it requires folks at those organizations to say yeah we care about and there's also you know it's it's sometimes hard to ignore the siren of differentiation right because there's a bit of this, like if the WordPress is if, is the same for everyone, for your your WP engines of the world, it's like, well, how do we make this more of our own flavor of things? Like we don't Absolutely. want people so, leaving.
1: Yeah. I, well, that's that's that exactly ties back into the ecosystem thing. Because it's not about differentiation as much as it's about ecosystem thinking, right? I don't use iOS over Android because it has more features. The feature set is exactly the same. Yeah. But because I've bought into the App Store because I own a Mac, because you know I want to use my Apple Watch with it, that sort of thing, right? Actually, for me that's none of that's true. I use it because it has privacy features that Android doesn't have.
0: Mm. But aside yep. from
1: that, <laughs> you get the point that I'm trying to make.
0: So, all right. I think there's a frontier here that's going to end up making like forcing moves and uh, so i i think marketplaces is where a lot of the stuff is going to end up being shaken out over time because if you think about your do you take your ecosystem play that you described take a wp engine right where they've got hosting they've got themes they have the, the suite of plugins um the atomic blocks and any other host could do the same what about building on top of that? What about people? Because people buy WordPress plugins all the time. There's different places they can do it. And if you're thinking about an ecosystem, that's an area that at least demands conscious attention, if not outright investment, and let's figure out how to make this work. And I think that's where you're going to start to see, how is that going to work? Does GoDaddy and WP Engine share the same marketplace? I'd say there's an inclination towards not. So how is what's that going to look like? And I think that's going to be something that is going to be important to get worked out in the coming years. And I think we'll see I, some friction and opportunity around that. I don't think I'm
1: following what it is that you're suggesting around marketplaces. To me, the model that WP Engine has set up is very straightforward and very effective, which is this. You can use Genesis by Studio Press if you want to. Yep. It costs this much money per year by the way if you're a WP Engine customer you get it for free yep how does that tie in with the idea of a marketplace
0: i'm more meaning more referring to opportunity where it's like all right people there are lots of premium plugins there's a whole ecosystem like wordpress as a whole has this people build premium plugins that add additional functionality etc there's a lot of opportunity in the facilitation of the purchasing of those plugins. Like right now, it's pretty all over the board. And I think hosts are very logical. that They, they, they got to be thinking about it uh, to say, okay, what would it look like? We have a customer on file that we have their credit card. How can we make it easy for them? If Again, if you think about this idea of an operating system to purchase apps, how, how do we make it easier for them to buy plugins? And I think that's going to be, one, there's a lot of legitimate opportunity to serve customers better by offering the facilitation of purchases. And two, there's a lot of economic opportunity and value by being at the heart of where the purchases are being made.
1: So let me reframe this in a way that that makes a little bit more sense to me, see if I understand. Right now, there's sort of three, probably two, but maybe three marketplaces that matter outside of the yep. .org plugin and theme repo, which doesn't count because you can't put premium plugins there. Um, one is the WooCommerce marketplace, yep, uh, which is limited to WooCommerce. The other one, which is more of a half is the Gravity Forms marketplace. Mm. Uh, I find that really interesting. It's a slightly different model, uh, but there's something there. Uh, And if I was looking to develop a WordPress plugin, a premium WordPress plugin from scratch, and I didn't have to worry didn't want to worry about updates and I didn't want to worry about advertising and I didn't want to worry about marketing and all of that sort of thing. I would definitely consider creating a gravity forms add-on or a wooCommerce add-on so that the marketplace stuff could be done for me. There's also Code Canyon, which is a major player that is often overlooked.
0: Um, well you're forgetting mojo as well. I'm not forget. I just said no know Mojo. It, it's um it's now if I'm recalling this correctly, it's built into Bluehost and a number of others. Like a lot of hosts have a layer where you can purchase plugins, themes through mojo. You also have uh Freemius, which is more of a facilitator, but like they don't they don't aggregate. But you know and, and I'm sure that there's others as well. So imagine for instance the a host
1: opportunity is that's what you're suggesting. There's an yes. opportunity there. Well
0: both opportunity and also some pretty big problems to solve. Imagine for instance a host acquires Gravity Forms. That that's an interesting move for a number of different reasons and now they have this this marketplace aspect of it. I wasn't even thinking about that, but you're right. They have some of those plays in there where it's like you can integrate with the Gravity Forms ecosystem. Just Imagine a, a host quick to... aside Go there. Ahead. I'd be surprised if we didn't see a Gravity Forms acquisition in the
1: next 2 years.
0: Yeah, it's certainly possible. I don't have, I don't know Carl personally. So some of this stuff comes down to the personal motivations and interests of the individuals. Sometimes people just don't have any reason to sell. So there's, but it's going to, if not sold, mimic And others are like, there's a lot of forms plugins for good reason. It's a, it's an important aspect of the ecosystem. Someone's going to get acquired and there will be more marketplaces, marketplace plays. So if you're a host and you acquire a gravity forms of the marketplace, what do you do? Naturally, you're going to integrate it more tightly into your rename it to go forms. (laughs) Sure. You're going to integrate it more tightly into your ecosystem. There's another revenue stream there. And then if you put the resources into it, imagine a future state now where there's, 1000 add-ons through that marketplace. No, Are those available through I, another host?
1: I think the there's a floor in in that sort of setup there which is that if you're a host that's as big as WP Engine or as big as GoDaddy yeah. or what's another big one maybe Pantheon or something like that. You don't care about the measly 3 million for $10 million in revenue that uh, Gravity Forms is making. You just make it all free. You or, or you charge, you continue the model, but you make it free for your customers. That revenue is so insignificant compared to the revenue that you're making from hosting that you, you want to do something there where you go, all right, um, I'm, I'm a host. I just acquired Gravity Forms. Gravity Forms Premium is, premium offering is continue, going to continue at $99 a year. Uh, you know, and you can pay for add-ons, or whatever. But also, if you host with us, you get Gravity Forms for free. Maybe it even comes pre-installed. And all the add-ons you know, that are facilitated via the, the add-on marketplace
0: are also free. I think I – mean, I follow your thinking. I think you might – I think you're underestimating the – the um, or overestimating, rather, the margins of hosting out of the box. Like, the biggest expense by far in hosting is support. So there's a big – desire on the part of hosts to increase the lifetime value of customers and additional revenue. So I, I agree with you, like a Gravity Forms acquisition likely would be to include the product for free for all customers to sort of increase the value. But what becomes attractive about that is the additional revenue through its marketplaces where, you know, there's now additional purchases that can be made. This is a huge aspect, I imagine, with a high degree of certainty of Shopify's business model. I mean, no question. Like, they have the base subscription. That's the equivalent of the hosting. But where the real money is is all the integrations, the add-ons, the things that you turn on. So that's where I think a huge amount of opportunity is. The question within the WordPress context is how is it going to happen across our ecosystem? Are you going to be able to have a marketplace that's shared by GoDaddy and WP Engine, WordPress.com, etc.? Or are you going to end up having a bunch of different ones Or is there a hybrid of the two? And I think that's going to be a big focus of 2020 and beyond is figuring that out. And you have a lot of competing interests in getting that solved.
1: I don't think that we're there yet. I I don't think we're at the point where hosts are starting to say, how do we increase lifetime customer
0: value? It will. Well, I think they're all, that's, if you're in the hosting business, though, that you're already thinking about
1: that. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's a matter of what is the lowest hanging fruit. Of course, every business is always thinking about that. Of course, no doubt. But what's the lowest hanging fruit? Is it growing the slice of WordPress across the internet? Because for every 1% that WordPress grows, you know that there's a certain dollar value attached to that for hosts. Sure. Is it um, acquiring more of the... A larger percentage of the of the market, a larger larger piece of the pie of people who host with you out of you know the the current market, or is it trying to squeeze a few extra dollars from your existing customers? I think that what we can see from like the way that WP Engine has approached Genesis and from the way that GoDaddy has approached um, you know its acquisition of uh, Rich. Richard's um, themes is simply we'll make them free. We're not so much interested in trying to take extra extra value from our current customers. We're more interested in attracting new customers because of, you know, our uh, especially interesting, especially unique value proposition.
0: So I'm wrestling. So I think the, the idea of predictions is fairly uh I don't know, like I I we can't know the future, right? Like there's so many things that can happen. So, but I want to put like a line in the sand of some sort, because I, I don't mind being wrong. I feel fairly strongly that what we're gonna start seeing like 2020, I think we're gonna see a number of new marketplaces come online. And there'll be, I think we'll see that tied to hosting or companies where it can take different shapes and forms, but uh, let's, let's at this highest level, what it is is you're a customer of ours, credit card on file, monthly billing. We're going to give you additional things that you can add on to your bill. And an obvious area of opportunity is the facilitation of third party purchases through that single source. I think we're going to see that happening. What I'm concerned about is an unhealthy or an unhelpful like i think there's a really healthy diversity there that's possible that sort of is very open web friendly what i'm concerned about is an unhealthy diversity where it's people are like okay how do like how come i can't get this over here and how does what like how does this all work i think that's some of the risk that could just end up happening if we don't work on it consciously
1: hey siri remind me 1 year from now to listen to episode 5 of crossword we'll see if
0: you're right (laughs) so that said I guess I I see some concerns there my instinct I'll say this as well is that there is ultimately a core solution for this that there is a way that I don't know what that is yet that we can in the core project not like embrace the reality that is premium people being happy to pay for plugins pay for blocks etc And while continuing to embrace the freedom of people to not, they can sort of use whatever they want to, figure out a way in the core project to facilitate. I think there's a way that we could build a layer that uh, continues to enable the freedom of hosts, for example, to do their own things, but but without unnecessarily diverting all this energy into a number of different marketplaces. I don't know what that looks like, but I think that's an important area we need to look at in the project and say what could that look like to help facilitate and enable and empower these things.
1: You know the thing that we haven't the thing we haven't considered here that it sort of seems sacrilege to suggest, but actually now that I'm thinking about it, it could work really nicely. What if we just allow .org to facilitate premium plugins?
0: That's what I, I think. There's ultimately opportunity. I think there's a way that we can do it in an open source like i I've thought about this in the a bit in the past. Where what if, for instance, yeah, dot org facilitated premium plugins, and but in a very sort of low touch way that allowed hosts to work with it and like kind of layer on top of it, et cetera. But where Ooh, there was actually a bit of sustainability,
1: no. I don't built into. So we can circle back to the hosts thing, but the sustainability, yeah. So what if dot org takes a very low cut, right? Like, yep. Uh, the app store takes thirty percent. WooCommerce takes thirty percent. What if .org took five percent, yeah, and used that five percent to, you know, cover transaction fees, uh, and cover, you know, basic hosting. Took away some of the cost to run .org from automatic and made it a little bit more self sustaining.
0: I think there's a lot of opportunity there, and. For me personally, I'm very unattached to the specifics of like if does it happen that way or not. But I think we need to start looking. We need to start asking those questions. And what I I would rather see us have a conscious discussion in that direction versus hosts all going off and doing all their own things. And some of the and I think short term I think that's perfectly fine. But long term I think there's increasing risks within the broader perspective of the open web, where at some point. It's not too far to say, okay, well, we have all this whole ecosystem. Why are we still connected to this open source project? Let's just close it off.
1: So I think we could finish there. Uh, and also, if you wanted to continue the conversation, if you agreed with anything that uh, we said or, or even better, if you disagreed, probably with Jonathan, probably less with me, let's be honest. I'm usually the one who's right around here. Uh, then get in touch with us on Twitter. You are at Sir Jonathan, and I am Luke Carbis. And, oh, it's my turn again on Polytopia. I've got to go. (laughs) I'll see you next year.